this is episode 53 of Dead Letter Radio. As always, I'm your host, Taze, and this is the show with the slogan, Your Words, Your Podcast, because here we feature your writing, poetry, short stories, song lyrics, everything and anything in between that you've written down, we give it a voice, a platform, an audience, but you are the star of each and every episode. If this is your first time tuning in, and you'd like to hear how you could have your work featured on this show, stay tuned until the end of the show, where we'll go over how to do so. Well, welcome back everyone after a one-week break. (laughs) An unexpected break, but a break nonetheless. No worries, everything's okay. It's just, sometimes life gets a little more hectic, and you gotta uh, start prioritizing things. As always, I try to be as candid as I feel comfortable with in, the, in our little beginning intro talks because I feel like you have to do that when it comes to writing, especially. Because to me, writing is how we view the world, how we think the world views us, our hopes and dreams for what we want the world to be, and maybe what we believe the reality of the world is. So. I try to be candid as well, um, because I think as lovers of writing and art in general, uh, we all uh, tell a bit of truth and a bit of honesty about our experiences, and we put that in each of our writings. So with all that being said, things on my end were just a little bit hectic uh, over the last week, feel still a little bit hectic, uh, but I didn't want to postpone another episode, nor uh, let down the people who've reached out and wanting to have their work shared, because I really do enjoy doing this show, and as always, it's a great honor to be able to uh, read people's poetry and short stories, especially the fact that people trust me to read their writing. Uh, so many comments have come in afterwards saying how uh, crazy of a feeling it is to hear your own words read on a podcast. And so, especially when it's not someone that you might feel was obligated to read your work because they're a friend or a family member. Uh, so, I want to keep moving forward. <laughs> but, I also wanted to say all that because if you're feeling stretched thin, um, if you're feeling uh, maybe things are moving a little too quickly, you're not living up to your expectations that either people set for you or your own, and you're just feeling burnt out, it's okay. I'm right there with you sometimes. And if you need a break, take a break. If that piece you're trying to write is not getting put together, put the pen down. Relax. Take a breath. There will be another day, and sometimes you just got to focus on yourself for a bit. But focusing on myself this time has led me to uh, recording this episode very close to the time where I'm going to work. It's early in the morning. (laughs) So why don't we just jump straight into the episode and enough delaying, how about? So our first piece is by Armageddon Ant. Forgive me if I got that wrong. On Reddit, and it is called The Twilight Room. Between the windows is a space that the night stretches into. The stars get stuck to the ceiling like dead flies. Scrape them off and wear them like children wear their mother's clothes. We both were made of light before. 
I wake at night when my name is the sound of rivers turning into skin and my body has nothing to do with me. It pulls me in and spits me out to a coast where waves become land, where living things are crushed to pebbles. Move. So thank you, Armageddon Ant, uh, for this piece. I read this piece a few times, trying to really see what it meant to me. And it's interesting, because when I think of Twilight in the initial first half of the piece, it makes me think of uh, something uh, mystical or mythical, uh, Twilight always seems like such a fanciful uh, time of day. Uh, but as I read the poem, especially when you get to the second half, it makes me think of waking up with anxiety and even uh, sleep paralysis, which is something I've only had a few times. But feeling that feeling of uh, losing yourself, your body having nothing to do with you, you feel spat out onto a coast, uh, and it feels realities mixing uh, with dreams. And all you can really think to yourself is move. <laughs> and if you've experienced sleep paralysis, maybe this poem spoke to you in that manner as well. But I did love this uh, playing with how twilight and the sensation of what's reality and what's uh, our dreams, at least how I interpret it, really comes into effect, especially when it comes to that phrase, Twilight. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing. Our next piece is by R.B., and it is titled, Desert. The war has raged nine years now, and my resources are running dry. My morale is gone, my munitions have rusted through, and my food has rotted. The enemy is closing in. I have been besieged with darkness, ice, and poison. Now I make my final stand on one and a half legs and with half a gun. The tendrils of despair have burrowed into my head. They have sucked my energy and vigor and life out of me like straws. I've been trying to cry for the past two years, but... My body is a desert. Thank you, R.B., for sharing this piece with us. Regarding their work, they said, This is about the author's battle with depression. And truly, depression is a battle that many of us go through. I've, I've continually fight it. I have family members continually fight it. Friends, and uh, it's something that we all... Uh, go through together, but also so very much alone. And it can feel very much, as Arby's poem put it, that it's a war raging on, all our resources have ran out, we feel like we can barely stand, and we only have half of the equipment we really need uh, to get through this. As they put it, the tendrils have burrowed into us, sucked our energy, our vigor, our life, and even that what some consider the most raw, basic emotion, the first one we're able to do when we're born, the ability to cry. Uh, we may try to do so, we may try to feel, and yet we feel like a desert. And as R.B. captured, 
I think one of the interesting things about depression and how sometimes it's portrayed, it's not always a sad sensation, but sometimes just a dry sensation. The lack of feeling, the lack of motivation, energy. You lose that spark of life. And it's an ongoing struggle. As they put in this poem, nine years in this case, some longer, some shorter if it's newly found. But, like any battle, we keep on fighting. So thank you, RB, for sharing this piece with us. Our next piece is by Ice1099 on Reddit, and it is called Shared Hospice. In her bed, she lie. Morphine holds her days. The sun touches her head, but she cannot feel its rays. The house clouded in fog, where the ants once marched in. To the children's rhyme, I dance, one by one with them. I hum the tune to wake her. Closely, I lean in. But the static overwhelms, catatonic grin. It swallowed her will, decayed the mind. She couldn't stomach another bite. One fragment left, no means to fight. Suffocation, no goodbyes. Slip into a cave where the curtains stay drawn. No thoughts, no words, static. Like you, I've died, forget my name. No thoughts, no words, static. So thank you, Ice, for sharing this piece with us today. Regarding this, they said, I wrote that the night I got a call about my grandma being in the final stages of Alzheimer's disease. She only has a couple weeks left in her life, so I was taking some time to process it by writing the poem. I want to say I am sorry for what you are going through currently, as for everyone involved, it is not an easy nor pleasant situation. I think how you wrote the poem really captures what one goes through, through such a plight, especially when it comes to that overhanging static, or at least how I interpreted how you were using it in this poem for myself, that things are different than they once were, but there's not a change in the current condition, that there is that background drone of what reality is at this point, the lack of response the lack of who they once were, and how, in this case, it's a situation for two. Obviously, the person that's afflicted with Alzheimer's disease and how they begin and are losing themselves, but also how it affects the loved ones, the ones that are seeing this slow uh, mental death of a person and their relationship, that lose a lot of their relationship is lost as well in terms of interactions. In a, a lot of uh, cases of where someone we love dies, it can feel like a death for two. And obviously, when uh, they depart, there's a death, but then our relationship with them and how we make deeply feel uh, the loss 
that's if we died along with them in a lot of cases. And it can a lot of times be a reality-changing event that things are not quite the same. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to share this poem as you process this moment you're going through. And I do wish you the best. Our next piece is by Marcus Bethia, and it is titled, Life. As I walked through the valley of the daybreak of light, I couldn't help but wonder if I was living right, or just too much time spent neglecting and pondering if I was right, an endless cycle of loneliness that caught to me in the brink of night, or aftermath of what feels like eternal hype. Staring, gazing, but the closer I get feels more destructive than the way. I guess I was high because her lips make me contemplate the end of Pompeii. Me, I've always been an overthinker whose reckless dilemmas aren't far from the grave. Of course, it's all mental, but I hear that fear and anxiety can lead to depression like a heartache. Dreaming of the road and ocean brings peace to my day. But the deafening silence my birth friend leaves quite the story in her wake. I guess the choices I make never fall in grace, but the limelight of too close but still won't take, slow and steady, but my heart is heavy with the anticipation of the rainbow after the rain breaks, only to be drawn back into another gaze like the pause was a commercial break. I find that my answer is more than a change in life, but change in myself, so I guess I'll be needing more life. Like Scorpion's journey to finding Drake, I wish the answers were given to me, but I'm player one, and this is one take. So there is no takey-backies, like a child's apology when they misbehave. Owning up to the source when you're wrong, I think for everybody, is the hardest of love. And being scared to live, we'll ask the weekend, and he'll tell you the choice is tough. Because my life is hectic, there's no slowdowns or shortcuts. Just me, myself, God, the bros, and my gut. So thank you, Marcus, for sharing this piece with us today. This piece was also sent in by the Town Square, which is a literary magazine providing a veteran-founded platform for writers of all backgrounds and walks of life to share their unique themes, styles, and voices. So Marcus had their poem featured in this literary magazine and agreed to then have it featured on this show, uh, which I truly appreciate. The Town Square is a new and upcoming lit mag uh, that you're looking for, as I mentioned, all types of voices and backgrounds, and I've worked with them in the past, and they're always very friendly uh, and easygoing, so if you're a new writer especially, I would say reach out to them. Send in your work. This is just another avenue you can have your words shared. As mentioned, all their links and such will be in the episode's description. But back to Marcus's piece. The words that Marcus used and the flow and the organization of the piece itself, for me, makes me think of kind of how I actually felt recently. Not necessarily one-to-one beat with the topics approached in this poem, but 
the rhythm of it. Uh, to me, it read very much like a discordant poem, bringing high energy that jumps from thought to thought, even though there is a thread shared throughout it, but there's jumps and leaps, and uh, for me, feeling of anxiety as someone works through their emotions and thought process. This is especially very reminiscent of trying to fall asleep and thinking about what is on your mind. Or as the poem puts it, of an overthinker, the thoughts of an overthinker. This poem really speaks to our thought processes on life, at least in a way that I can relate to. We're constantly thinking of if we're making the right choices, if we're living right. Yet, we can still sometimes feel lonely, sometimes still doubt ourselves. And the line I actually really enjoyed is, Slow and steady, but my heart is heavy with anticipation of the rainbow after the rain breaks. Have you felt that way? Where it feels like rainstorm after rainstorm, and the anticipation, the want, the yearning, because you've been told and you've seen that after a great rain, there should be a rainbow. And you're waiting and waiting for years. I mean, I felt like that way many a times. And then you're drawn back into life and the hecticness uh, that it feels like almost a commercial break and how brief it is. So thank you, Marcus. I think this was a fantastic poem. Just as I said to me, the ongoing thinkings of life, the ups and downs, our anxiety, our loneliness, but also our hope uh, that we wish to have. And at the end of the day, we know that there is no slowdowns or shortcuts. It's just us, ourselves, in some cases, relationships with God, our friends, and our gut, our instincts. So thank you, Marcus. And that's it. That is the episode. So thank you everyone so much for reaching out and sharing your work and putting up with me (laughs) in my delays. Um, I greatly appreciate it. It's always an honor to be able to share your words. If you have enjoyed this episode and you are able and willing, please leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can leave ratings and I think even an actual review with your words. Uh, Other apps sometimes have a rating system, but if you're able to do that, it just helps the show grow and also gets out the word so more writers can find this avenue to have their work shared. If you'd like to take the extra step of supporting the show, there is a Patreon, which will be in the description, but it's under Dead Letter Radio uh, Podcast if you look it up. And that is just a way to show a little extra support if you want. You don't lose anything for not uh, subscribing to the Patreon, so don't worry on that front. Now, if this was your first time tuning in, or you decided you want to finally have your work shared on this show to be considered, uh, how you to go about it is very easy. Uh, you can send me an email, and in that email, just have your piece, the title, how you'd like to be credited, which can be anonymous or a pen name or a username, as long as it's appropriate enough to read on the podcast, <laughs> and then any background information you might want shared on your piece, like why you wrote it, what you're going for, the style you chose, anything like that as it's a great way for uh, writers to be inspired, but also for us to connect with one another. 
My email is in the description of each and every episode, but along with that, you can find me on Twitter at DeadLetterCast. That's C-A-S-T, DeadLetterCast. That's the main avenue I use for communication. And there also has a link to the rules and submissions, which are very simple, uh, but for short stories, less than 650 words, preferable to leave room for other pieces to be featured. So once again, send me an email with your work. You can find more info on my Twitter. So we made it. I have to go to work soon, but we made it. (laughs) Uh, Once again, thank you for listening and tuning in. I do hope if you're listening to this while you go into work, that your day is fantastic. You're able to relax a little bit uh, before starting your day. And if it's the end of your day, I hope this allowed you to decompress. Maybe even inspired you to write something, to pick up the pen, or even lift up your phone and start typing there. uh, Because your words are uniquely yours, and no one can imitate that. So keep sharing, keep creating, keep writing, and keep living your life. Spread happiness and love, and all that good stuff. This is Taze with Dead Letter Radio, and I'm wishing you all safe travels.